We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. Today, I got a fun show for you planned. I got a guest. I got my guy, the wrestling classic with me, Justin. Always when I need him, he comes through. What's good, baby? Everything's good. Life is good. Oh, yeah. It's uh, that time of year. It's uh, November. We're getting close to the new year. And uh, life's good, man. Things are going great. Things are going great. You know, the wrestling classic. You can always check us on the GWC show. You know, that's some cheap plug real quick. <laughs> cheap plug. He's starting to master it, folks, just like your boy over here. No one's better at the cheap plug, Justin. You know what I'm saying? That's true. It's true. So, man, what I want to talk to you about today, and guys, bear with me. We're not going to talk about storylines in wrestling. We're not going to turn this into a wrestling show, but I do want to have a general conversation about wrestling right now in 2019 because I'm sure a lot of you watch football. You watch football on Sundays. You watch the pregame shows or the halftime shows, and you've seen The Rock. You've seen Roman Reigns. You've seen this, like, crossover, Justin. Have you noticed any crossover between the two? I definitely have, and mostly with, you know, WWE being on Fox now, there's been a whole lot of it. Um, and it's, just, it's not even just WWE. Like, even AEW, we saw him, like, what was it, a week ago, promoting full gear and having Chris Jericho on NBA and TNT. I'm not the biggest sports guy, but I do watch my 
sports highlights for NBA with that show because I find that panel very interesting. So, yeah, there's a ton of crossover. We've seen a lot of the crossover with the WWE on Fox. We've seen a lot of crossover with AEW and TNT. Um, you'll see a lot of wrestling popping up on your guys' sports chat, sports stuff. And don't get me wrong, we've always seen athletes involved with the WWE all the time. Dude, I completely forgot about Jericho showing up on TNT. And I remember, like, I saw Twitter just lose their mind. And my buddy Davino was going to be on the show uh, in the very, very near future. Spoiler alert. He was like, dude, Jericho's on fucking TNT. He's, like, showing people how to do suplexes and shit. So you're right, man. There is a mainstream appeal that is really being uh, carved into by the bigger networking companies right fox tnt we're not talking about like you know your your, your dad's cable company this is like a legitimate juggernaut no 100 percent. and and uh, and don't get me wrong like i said also like we've always over like decades we've seen athletes get involved with professional wrestling whether it's car malone dennis rodman uh rossberger all these guys that have been involved with wrestling in the past but um it's it's different now because now wrestling's like seeping into the athletic sports world a little bit more, which is really inter- interesting in my mind. So I wanna I wanna get into right right now right you mentioned uh, AEW on TNT and some people might not know they're like what the hell is an AEW they might think we're cursing them out in some different language. Uh, <laughs> for those people that don't know right like I'm sure everyone knows WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. That's where The Rock, Stone Cold is from, and all that stuff. The Disney of the wrestling world. Right, right. That's actually the perfect analogy. For people that don't know, can you explain to them what AEW is and how like that came about? All Elite Wrestling is the newest alternative to, um, to the WWE in America. There is a ton of wrestling in America. A lot of it has been independent companies, and obviously there's Japanese wrestling in Japan and stuff. But AEW is the first one that kind of poses... Um, as a bigger alternative because they also are in a large network like TNT. Um, it's funded by Tony Khan and his family. They own the Jacksonville Jaguars and a, and a soccer team out in, in Europe. Um, so they're like a billion-dollar company. They're backing this up. They're supporting it. They're funding it. Um, they're on a primetime network in TNT. And it, there was a buzz over the past few years with um, certain superstars um, that were on the independent scene that weren't in the WWE, uh, the likes of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega that were doing stuff in Japan, and Cody Rhodes, who's a former WWE star who started doing a lot of stuff in the independents, and Chris Jericho started doing stuff with them and in Japan. And they all kind of came together, and they started this new company called AEW. Um, not to really compete with the WWE, whether they, they, they want to say that, they always want to say they're not competing with the WWE, but it really is the alternative. And I think almost every week fans are like comparing it to WWE television. Um, and, and it's different, man. It's just another it's another product of wrestling that fans, wrestling fans can enjoy that's outside of the WWE bubble that actually has some you know weight to its name. It actually has the potential to uh, do big things compared to other wrestling companies uh, that are you know may, might not have the same financial sources might not be as uh you know on, on a network that gets the same amount of coverage and stuff like aew is like what wcw once was to the wwf back mm. and i think that what you just said right there is going to resonate with a lot of people because everyone always talks and i'm sure you hear it bro like yeah. you you post a ton of dope ass clips on uh on your instagram handle the wrestling classic cheap plug and a lot of times, man, I, I skim through the comments. I see people are like, man, it was so much better back in the 90s, like the Attitude Era. And I think that's what, like, this AEW movement, who is now also on TNT, like you mentioned. I think one of the biggest issues is in the past where these companies would start, like TNA and Impact. And 
number one, you mentioned it. Tony Khan, he got bread. Like he owns Fulham as a soccer team you're thinking about out in Europe. He owns the Jaguars, so NFL fans are familiar with his name. And it's like, yeah, this guy was a wrestling fan. His son was a wrestling fan. So it's not going to collapse under their watch. And they have a guy with a legitimate bankroll to compete with the higher-ups of WWE. No, 100%. And then, honestly, like, and I, I, don't, I, I never say never in the world of wrestling. I'm not saying that's never going to collapse or might not succeed. But I don't know why anybody would even want to think that, like, we should be happy to have this alternative. We know they can run with it for a very long period of time. Um, and I'm a big, it, it's almost getting cliche now. But honestly, the, the fans, the wrestling fans are very split. Like, there's some very loyal WWE people and some people that really support AEW. I say support both, man. Um, the more wrestling for us, the better. And I, it's already we've already been seeing it, man. The signs of competition have just brought out better wrestling. It's only been a couple of weeks, or a couple of months, I should say. And the, uh, it already seems like everyone's trying to step up their game. AEW stepping up their game every week to continue to try to provide a show that people want to tune into. Um, on the WWE side, their NXT show has been getting better week and week, and I've actually been wanting to tune into it, which is something I couldn't say for, for a few years. Um, I always tuned into the TakeOver. that didn't really watch their weekly show all the time, but now I'm, like, intrigued. Um, I can't maybe say the same about their main shows or on SmackDown, but overall, like, they're stepping up their game, and... Uh, just and that's it. Like if you were a fan of professional wrestling in the '90s when we had WWF and we had WCW and then you had little small ECW behind them and whatnot, and when you know tra- trading was at a high and people were discovering CZW and all these other companies like Japanese wrestling stuff back in the late '90s, because wrestling was so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been said a lot in the past years, but it, it feels like we're heading in that direction with wrestling. I don't know if it'll ever be as popular as it was in the late '90s, but it's getting to a point where people are getting kind of like, oh, what's going on over here? Um, and it's a fun time. Might, it might fail. It might be very successful and be like the late 90s, but it's a fun time. So if you tuned out of wrestling, this is the best time to tune back in. Yeah, and I think the, the biggest thing right now is that AEW it seems to have created a buzz across the industry. And one thing that you could say now is that like they're not an indie, right? Like these no. guys... These guys get paid money where in the past, I think the, the good comparison would be like guys always want to make it to the NBA, right? That would be what WWE yeah. was. Guys want to make it to the NFL. Now, the NFL might be a bad example because there's no other league really that you can make a living, I would say. Like, I don't know how much they get paid in Canada. You might know this more than me being a native of Vancouver. But for the most part, like now there's options. And I think that's the biggest thing and takeaway for me with the state of wrestling in 2019, where like, you know, back in the day, everyone wanted to make it to the NBA. They wanted to make it to WWE. Now it's like, you know what? I can go to China. I can drop 50 a game. I could be the number one draw and I could have a nice living. And that's what I think has happened with AEW. Where like, man, you even see some of these young dudes coming up out of high school, man. They uh they forego going to college and they're like, yo, I'm gonna go play professional for a year, make some money in Australia or in Europe, and then and then I'll go to the NBA as opposed to like not getting paid and being in college. And I think think I think kind of on that basis, like that's one of the biggest things about AEW when it comes to comparing it to WWE and the landscape of wrestling in 2019. Um, for so many years, I think since. I would honestly say since WCW closed their doors and maybe tell since like, you know, Impact lost the, the the momentum that they had at one point in TNA, they had a little bit of momentum and that kind of provided another place where people could work if they didn't want to work for WWE. But it, it hasn't really been that way since I would say like 2012, 2013, like TNA kind of 
fell behind from what it used to be. But um, currently, like, uh, what 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 it's, the landscape kind of has been like is you can go to Japan and work and maybe make a good living. You could work the independence in America, but you wouldn't still make as much as you would work for the WWE. And you also just didn't have that security you kind of have in the WWE. Like, mm. You could be working for the WWE and not be doing much. At least you know you had a job, you were on a contract. When you work the independent stuff, you're not really contracted. Yeah, there's Ring of Honor and there's MLW, but it's it's just not the same as the amount that you can make working for the WWE, like big-time contracts. AEW is offering big-time contracts, and it's in America. It's another place you can work in America, get national television exposure, and get paid well like the WWE well it's like and the biggest difference for me that I think the where WWE I mean AEW leads in in com- competitive wise is that um the the things that you get in AEW that you don't really get in WWE because WWE becoming this big corporation that it is now is that uh creative freedom mm. and the ability to uh the ability to kind of work a lighter schedule and, and that the, the ability to like take control of your character, cut your own promos and not be so micromanaged. Obviously they are micromanaged at AEW without a doubt, but not like the WWE. If you've ever listened to any podcasts or read even the rest of the books or interviews and stuff, you hear all the time about, you know, the WWE being very corporate, you know, it's, it's, you know, everyone's walking on eggshells and you have to go through a certain amount of people to get an answer. Or you get two, three different answers or you're being micromanaged. Your promos are scripted to the word. And your character is defined to the, to the T. And like, I think the thing that AEW provides is people that freedom to not feel that way, not working that corporate, corporate scenario. Like, and I think that's the biggest thing that kind of gives AEW the competitive edge. I got two more talking points I want to hit on you, man, because I know you're like on your lunch break right now and you always come through for me, like I mentioned in the beginning. So I just want to take this time to appreciate it. Too sweet me when you greet me. You know the vibes. Uh, We saw CM Punk, right? CM Punk was a guy who was, I mean, for me, he was my second favorite wrestler of all time. He still is behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he got up and left about five years ago and he made an appearance on a Fox show called WWE Backstage, right? Explain to people that might not know, that might know CM Punk as far as like, you know, he's the wrestling guy that went into UFC and, you know, it didn't really work out well for him. So in 2014, CM Punk walked out of the WWE. He was unhappy, kind of on the basis of the things I kind of just talked about. He he wasn't happy with the WWE corporate structure, the creative, the the money he was making. He just, he was unhappy there. And and I think that's a common thing that happens to you know, I'm not going to say a lot of superstars, but a fair amount of superstars that, that works for the WWE, they, they tend to get unhappy there. Um, and they, you know, with the creative and they want to leave or, you know, they're not the ones that like just sit on catering and, and, you know, collect a paycheck. But he wanted to do more and it wasn't happening. So he left the WWE in 2014. Obviously he had aspirations to get into the MMA and he, and he had a couple of UFC fights, which he lost, but big paychecks. Uh, but there's, and there's a couple of lawsuits and stuff as well with, between him and the WWE over, um, stuff he said in a podcast with Coke Cabana and mm. uh, all this other stuff. And they fired him on his wedding day and there's just a bunch of lawsuit stuff. And, you know, I think everyone just, like, I think we all believe that, they, you know, Punk was never returning to the WWE. They were never going to work together again. Um, the fans always wanted it. Something we've always wanted. We wanted Punk back in the wrestling bubble. We've wanted Punk, you know, there's those, those, those fans that be like, oh, now we've seen him get his ass kicked in UFC. Like, I don't want to see him back. But there's those loyal fans that, we know what sports entertainment is and we know there's a difference and we want punk back and we wanted punk back. We, we wanted our voice to the voiceless. It just, it just seemed like something that was never going to happen. 
Um, and, and he appeared on this FS1 show called WWE Backstage to be a part-time analyst, meaning he's not going to be on every week, but he's going to be on most weeks. Uh, we'll see how that goes moving forward. Maybe if, when he's on, the ratings are boosting. They'll, they'll pay him to be on a lot more. Um, and, and I know a lot of people, and including myself, I had to make it clear to a lot of people, like he signed this deal with Fox, right. not with the WWE. So he's back doing this WWE backstage show under contract with Fox. But I, I, I think it's hard to believe that WWE doesn't have their hands all over this Fox show anyways. So they, they are a part of it. So in a weird way, yeah, Punk is back. He's working with the WWE um, doing this show. Uh, and I think it's a good sign showing that, you know, they can work together and there might be, I think it's okay for fans to get really hopeful thinking that there might be potential Punk will return to in-ring action or something on WWE programming, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, or pay-per-view or something, because we know the close relationship between Fox and WWE. I know if this is a WWE program that's on Fox, they have WWE people there that have their hands all over it. Vince is aware of it. Kevin Dunn's aware of it. Like, uh, I think... Uh, it's a step forward in the right direction for healing that relationship between Punk and the WWE, and I'd be excited for him to come back. But yeah, he currently he's with Fox doing a WWE show. But I think we can all be hopeful, and and I think uh, I think that's that's part of showing like the fact that wrestling is blowing up this uh, in this period of time in 2019. The fact that someone like CM Punk would return and get involved again because wrestling's hot, and this is the best time to get involved. Yeah, I mean, the history of wrestling, and I know you know this, but it's like everyone eventually always comes back. I mean, if Ultimate Warrior came back with some of his yeah, comments. you always think it's inevitable. Like, Bret Hart came back. Right, right, right. I, mean, I think, and I honestly, and I, and I say this all the time, I think uh, Macho Man was on his way back. He was doing that stuff for, you know, uh, Comic-Cons with WWE action figures, and he did the commercial for WWE All-Stars video games. Like, I think it's inevitable. Vince always welcomed welcome welcomes people back and if there's money to be made he's not leaving money on the table it's it's it just it's this is the baby steps into punk returning 110 percent. right all right last thing i want to mention to you we saw around this time last year the women's evolution i mean shit the evolution pay-per-view actually went to which was really dope i actually talked about it on the show last year how it was an all-women's event and it was fantastic i got to go to it but you know headlining it and despite how many people feel about her was due to the fact that Ronda Rousey, who, I mean, she's in the Mount Rushmore of women athletes, in my opinion. If you look at it just as a whole, as far as the impact that she's had on the women's landscapes in, in sports, right? Like Dana White famously came out and said, yeah, w women are never going to fight in the UFC to the point where like she became their biggest draw because she was such an ass kicker when she came up. She transitioned into wrestling and I think she had a nice run. I was a fan of it. I enjoyed it. It brought some credibility, some more mainstream appeal to it. My question to you is what future athletes do you think are going to make the transition into the wrestling world? Because you said it best, man. There's money to be made. And if I, you know, Tyson Fury, he has a big heavyweight fight schedule for next year. I know him and Deontay Wilder have some fights in between them. But, you know, that's the big, you know, Fury Wilder 2 is the next big one, right? And WWE apparently broke the bank to bring him to show up. And, and he's still here. Yeah, and we've seen Cain Velasquez show up who was, you know, granted he just got hurt, but, you know, we saw him who he was the baddest man on the planet too. He was a UFC megastar. He came in, and there's always been rumors about Daniel Cormier making the jump to it from a commentary. That was the one I was going to say. I can totally see him coming. Right. He's, he's someone I can totally see coming. I think I think there's still some stock, and people want to see Conor McGregor in the wrestling world. Um, 
I don't know, man. I think it, there's a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of athletes that are wrestling fans, man. Uh, basketball players like Kevin Love and LeBron James are huge wrestling fans. Uh, you got football players that he, I think. The, I think the. I think it, the op, the the opportunity of that happening in is endless. I don't know if there'll ever be someone that made as big of an impact as Ronda Rousey. Because going back to that, if I'm to be honest, I always say part part of the the women's revolution. I say there's four things that caused that women's revolution in the WWE. One being um, Total Divas, whether people like it or not, it, it put the women in a different spot like, where they had to be put on the show more. Um, AJ Lee, because the rise of her character was a really big deal. Um, the NXT women and what they were doing on the NXT forced the main roster to kind of give the women the same opportunities. And just Ronda Rousey overall, because Ronda Rousey's just her, her presence in society in that period of time of being a woman breaking barriers and fighting in the UFC and being a champion like that forced WWE's hand to make treat their women the kind of the same way like oh like women can do more look at Ronda Rousey I think Ronda Rousey is a big 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 part of why we have what we have going on today with the, with the women and they wouldn't have had they, I, I strongly believe they wouldn't have had the women main event Wrestlemania yet if Ronda Rousey wasn't involved I don't think they could have sold it big enough yet if Ronda Rousey wasn't involved. And we've got to remember, that Becky Lynch thing was unexpected. The rise of Becky Lynch was unexpected. But we're not here to talk storylines and stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, the the, the the names are endless of people. Like, I never had... I had no idea that Tyson Fury was going to show up. Cain Velasquez was a surprise to me. But there's a, 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 a plethora of athletes who are wrestling fans. I know that would love to come in the wrestling like be in the wrestling ring and we've seen it before I, I i wouldn't rule out anybody to be honest if they're a wrestling fan um this is probably the time they'll probably have a better chance of getting in because wwe's gonna keep bringing people in for these saudi events um they got the money to do so they'll spend it and aw's gonna bring in whoever they can to compete and keep up on that same level so i think this is a fun time for athletes if they are any athletes actors entertainers anyone that wants to get involved with wrestling I don't know if you're listening to this, but this is your chance to try to get in because these companies are willing to bankroll you coming through to get their product at a higher higher level. And and uh, what's so in like media, you know what I mean, and like presence and right, that's it. right, yeah. yeah, man. I couldn't agree with you more, and I appreciate the time as always. Once again, you don't tell me no when I ask for a favor. That's why you're the goat. You're one of the best doing it right now. Where can Appreciate they find that fire Instagram page, man? Because I've always put that page over. You can find me on the Wrestling Classic on Instagram. Um, that's just the Wrestling Classic. Spelt as it said. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at TWC Worldwide. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at the Wrestling Classic YouTube channel. It's just the Wrestling Classic. That's where the TWC show is uploaded every week on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can pretty much listen to podcasts, Podbean, Google Play. It's the TWC show. You can find us there. And if you really just need a hub to find everything, it's wrestlingclassic.com, and you can find all my stuff just by going to that website. I appreciate you having me on here. I want to come on again. Maybe we can talk a little bit more. Um, it was a good time, man. And if you haven't been watching wrestling, guys, if you tuned out in the 90s or early 2000s, follow my page. I'll try to get you back into it. But this is the best time to kind of start watching again. And also follow his page because he posts very, very nice things to the eyes, if you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> got to keep it a little PC. You know, Justin? Yeah. I, uh, supposedly, I got good taste. I don't know. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, my man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Have a good one, man. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. A presenting sponsor of the show is Taver. Taver is an awesome company that 
delivers delicious craft beers you cannot find in your local area and have them brought right to your door. It's not a beer of the month club where someone chooses the beers for you and you end up with a bunch of laggers that you have to give away to your grandma, your grandpa, and everyone else that are into laggers. Fun fact, not a lagger guy, kind of not my stilo. Tavern helps you turn your fridge into the best craft beer bar around, get access to the most sought out after picks from 47 states all in one place. Two to three times a day, they feature a new hard to find craft beer via the free app. If you want the beer, you can buy it right then and there and add it to your crate. If you don't want it, you can wait for the new selections the next day. There is no obligation to purchase anything. You are allowed to go and check out the site, make an account and whatnot. When you do, though, shipping is only $14.90 no matter how many bottles or cans are in your crate. If you guys download the app today and enter the promo code VETERAN, V-E-T-E-R-A-N, you will get $10 in cold, hard, beer, cash, baby to use on the app after you spend $25. Again, free to sign up. No obligation to purchase. Download the app and enter the code VETERAN to get $10. That is VETERAN, V-E-T-E-R-A-N, Tavern.com. They are dope, man. I, I've become a big IPA guy. I kind of got to cut back a little bit because your boy's getting a little chubby. Got a little gut. We back over 200 pounds. I was in the 190 area, 195-ish. But, man, these IPAs have been crushing me. So we got to do some more sit-ups. We got to cut back on some of these IPAs. But if I am going to drink an IPA, it's going to be from Taver, baby. Cheap plug. Go check them out. That is V-E-T-E-R-A-N, veteran, at checkout. all right cool so i hope you guys enjoyed that wrestling part i know uh some of you i tried my best to keep it to not so much like storyline and what is going on in the intercontinental title picture dude like no i don't want to do that i wanted to keep it just like a general talk because i do think there is a lot of crossover between the two uh you got me for about another 10 15 minutes just got a couple of talking points um I had a guest planned, but they had to reschedule because they got sick. That's why my guy, Justin, one more time, man. Shout out to Justin. That dude, good dude, man. If you're good to people, they'll be good to you. You know, Justin, I was a fan of his for the longest time, and then we got connected. And then, you know, he came to visit WrestleMania weekend, and I talked about this on the show a couple months back where he came from, from Mania weekend, and we hung out. I picked him up from the airport and shit, and we just had a great, great time. We went to Wale Mania together. We met a bunch of wrestlers together. We went to Mania together. We didn't sit together, but we hung out there. And uh, just a good dude, man. And if you're good to people, they'll be good to you because he promotes a lot of the stuff. Um, gives me the homie discount. He's sending me merch. I've sent him merch. And it's just good. If you just just be good, man. Just be good to people. Be genuine. And uh, good things happen to you. So that's the, the life lesson from old Dirt McGirt over here. So I do have five big taking points from the weekend across the board now it's not so much nfl a little nba a little, a little this this and that you know what i'm saying we're, we're bouncing around um definitely go and check out the youtube channel i have the abc recap that'll be up by the time you guys listen to this episode youtube.com slash veterans minimum and also last thing housekeeper notes go and check out the patreon patreon.com slash veterans minimum if you want to support the show we are giving away a deck a skateboard deck to the winner of the December contest. You got to sign up in the $10 tier or higher in the month of November, and then you will get a chance to win it. Here's the thing. I got it as a gift. Someone that makes decks gave it to me. They're a fan of the show. It's dude, Mike, 
awesome. I can't give away where he works because he might get in trouble. But he gave me the deck. And he's like, bro, this will be a dope setup for like a man cave kind of thing. And that's what it is. And I'm going to give it out as a gift to the winner of the contest if you want to check it out. And if you guys want a skateboard like that, you're into that kind of thing. I think it looks cool where I have it set up right now. You'll see it in the videos. But definitely go and check that out. And uh, we're buckling down on the home stretch if you guys are in the pick'em pool. That's $300 to the winner. So good luck to everyone that's competing in that. Okay. Takeaway number one. Um, I think the Ravens are the best team in football. What's funny is I was talking to Impy today. Impy was supposed to get on the show. Impy's another person that always tells me whenever I need him, he's there for me when it comes to the show. But he couldn't be tonight because he has a work event. Um, but the Baltimore Ravens, man, I remember he brought it up. He's like, yo, remember when you guys kind of skipped over the Baltimore Ravens on the preview show? And then I chimed in and I was like, Ravens are going to make the Super Bowl. Or, Ravens are going to make the playoffs. And then he's like, I gave out Lamar Jackson as an MVP. But, of course, you know, as uh, Impy's forte is, he gives you the winners, but he doesn't bet them. So, Impy, if you listen to this, you're a legend. But you're my guy. Eight and two are the Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh, probably the best coach in football that no one talks about, I feel like. Um, He's been there 11 years. And they're 122 and 80. They're 112 and 74 in the regular season. He's 10 and 6 in the playoffs. He's had one losing season in Baltimore. Um, right now, Lamar Jackson is the favorite according to Caesars Sportsbook. He is plus 140, was 50 to 1 to win the MVP at the beginning of the year. The Ravens were 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now they are plus 500 to win the Super Bowl. Um, they're the leading favorite in the AFC along with the New England Patriots. And when you look at Lamar Jackson, man, he's just having a magical season, right? We talked about Russell Wilson last week, how Russell Wilson was having that kind of season that you're going to look back and look at 2019 and say that was a Russ year, right? 2018, that was the Mahomes year. 2015, that was the Cam year, the AP year in 20, 2012. It becomes like the narrative. Like, what's the narrative? And, I mean, Lamar Jackson, right? Like, the cool clip came out about him with John Harbaugh saying that, you know, kids are going to be wearing number eight in the future. He has 19 touchdowns through the air, five interceptions, 106.3 rating as a quarterback. But also his damage is being done on the ground where he has 788 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt. He has six touchdowns. He has four fumbles. But, hey, he's running. He's ran the ball 115 times. He's on pace to surpass the numbers that Mike Vick set all the way back during his tenure. And he even so, he's ahead of Randall Cunningham back in the day who set the record as well. So he's just having a great season. But I also think that a lot of the attention needs to go to Marcus Peters, whose defense has really – it's really stepped up the defense of the Baltimore Ravens ever since he got there. And just look at their wins, yo. Like, I'm always someone to point out, like, who have you beaten? But, man, they have some good-ass wins on their schedule, especially as of late, right? So they've won, they've won six games in a row, and they've beaten at Seattle, beat the piss out of the Patriots, 
I know the Bengals are awful, but what do great teams do? Great teams cover, essentially cover the spread. They blow out a team. They beat them by 36, and then they demolished the Houston Texans who were playing with a guy who was an MVP candidate. So I just think the Ravens right now, now here's the thing. They're going to have to go through Foxborough, and things always change. Shit changes when it's in Foxborough. But I just like this team. Credit to them. Credit to what they've done. That front office has built a team around Lamar Jackson. Talking point number two, Colin Kaepernick. And if there's something you know about me, if you've listened to the show in the past, I like to keep politics out of a sports show. This is not my thing, right? I don't go to a pizzeria to order a cheeseburger. I go to a pizzeria because I want pizza. When I go to a steakhouse, I'm not going to eat a salad. I want some filet mignon. So I always felt like when you come to a sports show, it should be about sports. Now it's hard when you had the politics involved with Colin Kaepernick and how that crossed over into his career and his future. And, you know, he's been out of the league for three years now and he's been trying to get back in and no one wanted to work him out. And then he did a he set up a workout with the NFL. Apparently Jay-Z had a, a he had some pull in that and they set it up. And look, it's him throwing on air. It's basically on his pro day, and it looked good. I was of the believer, and if you go and listen back in time when Tim was on the show, we used to go at it. In the beginning, I was like, yo, Cap is just not good. Like, he got stripped of his weapons. I get that, but he didn't elevate the rest of the team, and eventually he just got ran out of town. Like, let's not forget, Blaine Gabbert beat him in that summer for the job for the San Francisco 49ers, and then he went on to kneel. So you you could have made the case, and there's been people that have said that, you know, this was a publicity stunt and whatnot, but it's like, yo, fam, publicity stunt or not, like, this dude lost millions of dollars for people, right, for something bigger than him. And I'm not saying whether it was right or wrong. What I do know is that, you know, let's not be naive. This guy's been blackballed for the league, and – for the longest time, I thought it was because he wasn't good. But then it got to the point where it was like, come on, man, we're kind of woke here. Like, this dude's this guy over here to the left was in a Super Bowl, and he's still young. And then this other guy is coaching high school football, and in six days he has a job. He's a backup quarterback. Like, he can't just be on a roster. And then again, you could be like, yo, Lamb, it's a distraction. And that's very fair, too, because I think Tim Tebow got outlawed from the league because – I don't think an organization wants that distraction for a backup quarterback. And I think I think this is really, and this is what I hate about Twitter, and this is what I hate about these kind of debates. I think it's really about, yo, both sides could be right. And that's not a bad thing. It, we're such a, you were right, I was wrong. She was wrong, I was right. She was wrong, I was right. I was wrong, she was right. Like, no, like we could all be right in what we're saying, right? I can make the case for Russell Wilson being MVP and someone else might make the case for Lamar Jackson being MVP. Both of us could be right. Both of those guys might be MVP. So Colin Kaepernick worked out and it was uh, something big in the football community to get him to get back into the league. Um, Number three. Draymond Green is playing point guard for the Golden State Warriors. I mean, yo, if you look at the last 25 games that the Warriors have played, going back to last year in the playoffs, they've lost Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, two significant injuries. 
to four or five month injuries at the very least. They move to a new facility, a new venue, new arena, and then Curry gets hurt. Um, currently, right now, I have the standings in front of me. It seems like teams are just beating the shit out of the Warriors and like, yeah, you guys like pulling up from 40 feet away and burying threes, right? And we've always said in the past, I like no team completely dismantles 20-point leads like Golden State does. Yo, the Golden State Warriors are literally the worst team in the NBA. They're 2-12. and 12. The Knicks are a, an abomination. And they're better, what percentage-wise, than the Golden State Warriors. It, it's it's rough. They're on a seven-game losing streak at the time of recording. Um, a lot of their losses are by double digits. It's It's gotten bad. Um, Steph Curry, I wouldn't even bring him back this year. Uh, just a lot of cast-offs like Alec Burks. Willie Cauley Stein, Marquise Chris, um, Glenn Robinson. Like, it's just, it's just like, it's D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, and a bunch of stuff. That's really the best way to put it. But, you know, this could be one of those like blessing in disguises, right? Like, it was that one year, I believe it was the Spurs, where the Spurs back in the day, David Robinson got hurt, and then they were so bad that they're like, yo, let's just tank. And I want to say back then they didn't have a lottery system. I could be wrong. Actually, they, they might have, but. You know, they knew about Tim Duncan coming out, and then they got Tim Duncan, and then they go on to win the finals the next year. So it's like one of those things where this might be a blessing in disguise. But man, Draymond Green is playing point guard for them over the weekend, and it's just, it's just been, um, it's been a, a crazy turn of events for the Golden State Warriors, who were probably the most popular team of the last ten years in sports. If you really think about it, like this is a team who they were just fun, they were new, they were exciting, they had an MVP, and you know, they were the next team up that, like, everyone saw. It's very rare where, like, you'll be like, yo, this team is next up, right? And then they're not. But this was, like, the consensus where the entire universe, sports universe, was like, yeah, these Warrior dudes, they went seven games with the Clippers, and then they fired their coach, and they brought in Steve Kerr. Like, yo, watch out for them. And then Curry goes on to win back-to-back MVPs. They change the game where it's like, now you need to hit threes or else you're going to be toast. They go on to win a championship. They go on to win 73 games. They lose. I mean, like, they lose on, like, a last-second shot by Kyrie. Right? And then they win back-to-back titles. Two after that. Then they go to the finals. So you're looking at a five-year stretch where they're essentially in the finals every single year. Right? And one of the most dominating five-year stretches an NBA team has had. I believe they, they have the highest win percentage of any NBA team over a five-year stretch that you take at any time during during the NBA. So a big fall for grace for the Golden State Warriors. Um, number four. I think it's a wrap for Mitchell Trubisky, folks. Um, try to tell him, man. Try to tell him. Um, I don't know what people saw in Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I have no idea. It was something that Again, it's the biggest thing I use when handicapping a team year to year. Last year, they benefited from a last play schedule. The dude is 25 years old. Again, every time the Bears play, they want to show us that the Bears traded up to get him, and it was Watson and Mahomes in that draft as well. On the season, he has nine touchdowns, four interceptions, but like a lot of times, he disappears. Like I was talking to my buddy Ahmed, who's going to be on the show in the near future, if you guys know Schmetty Rubs, 
my guy Steady Schmetty, he's going to be on the show. And he was like, yo, he's coming off for career day. I'm going to play him on DraftKings. I'm like, dude, look, like, I watched that Bears game against the Lions. Dude couldn't complete a pass for, like, the first two and a half quarters. And then he threw three touchdowns. So, like, box scores can be misleading. So just be careful with that. And, like, Trubisky just, again, just I think he's the sole reason why this team was not going to hit their ceiling. And this is what I've, I've been saying this from the beginning. Like, I, Tim and I were going at it. And, like, these aren't shots at Tim. This is just, like. My stance hasn't changed. Like, he's just not a good quarterback. He hasn't progressed. And this is what happens where Matt Nagy came in, first-year coach. No one saw his system. No one understood his system. And he took the league by storm. They also played a fourth-place schedule, and they benefited from that. And then from there, what happens? You get a year of tape. Your defense takes a step back because you lost some pieces, and you also lost Vic Fangio, which I think has been a very underrated loss that not enough people are talking about. And then you start playing a first-place schedule, and people are like, oh, shit, the Bears are in town. Watch out. It's a 12-win team, not a 4-win team coming in. And Trubisky got pulled on Sunday Night Football. We all saw the embrace between Matt Nagy and Trubisky. They're saying it was because he was injured his hip. I'm calling bluff. Um, it was a two-score game with four minutes left, and they pulled him. So <laughs> Trubisky has a pro bowler on his pro football reference page. Enough, enough. I think it's enough. Um, I think it's time to move on. And it's a wrap for Trubisky. So much so that the sports book, a sports book, points bet New Jersey, was refunding people that bet him to an MVP last week. That's all you need to know about Mitchell Trubisky. And the last thing, obviously, I haven't gotten a chance to record. Alan and I recorded when the Miles Garrett thing uh took place. Um Look, if you're going to make the argument that, well, Mason Rudolph instigated first, just think about your life, how many times you've gotten in trouble when you weren't the one to initiate the initial, like, you were the one retaliating. That's always what happens, right? It's always the second guy that retaliates, right? You come up to me in a bar and, like, you punch me. No one might see that, but then they'll see me punch you, and then I get in trouble, right? You might walk by me, and you might spit on me. Like, no one saw that, and then I punch you and knock you out because now I'm taking some BJJ with my guy Serge and I put you in a triangle choke, but I get in trouble, right? Like, it just it just happens all the time when you were growing up with your, your friends or, like, in school and you got into a fight. It was always all like, well, he started it, yeah, but we saw you retaliate. And Miles Garrett, like, his suspension is to be appealed on Wednesday, but man, that was ugly. That was very violent, especially in a league where you're trying to protect a quarterback more than anyone. You have that turn out. And then it's literally also, it was the prime time factor. Like let's, let's throw the betting world into this where it's like, it was a standalone game, right? No other game was going on Thursday night football. Everyone's watching it. Cleveland Browns, one of the more polarizing teams in the NFL, one of the biggest public teams being backed from a sports betting perspective coming into the year. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers are like, it's like the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Steelers are the biggest public teams in the world, in the NFL, I should say. And obviously you were going to have your eyes on there. And also, you know what? It was shady. It was a good game from like a playoff standpoint. Like Cleveland needed to win that game to keep their playoff hopes alive. Now they're five and six. And or is it four? I think they're, yeah, they're four and six. And, you know, we said it from the beginning of the year also, like, Cleveland was going to be bad early because of their schedule. But, like, this week, it's the first time they're favorite over a team since 2007 by double digits. And they're playing the Miami Dolphins. So, 
This was a marquee matchup. It's an AFC North division rivalry as well. Pittsburgh was on a winning streak. And then the storyline would have been the Browns weathering the storm and getting a win over a division opponent who has owned you to now it's like all about Miles Garrett. And like, yo, Miles Garrett wasn't like, like he wasn't Vontaze perfect. Like I didn't look at Miles Garrett and say, man, this is a guy who's a bad dude. Like, he's a piece of shit. Like, nah, this kind of, like, was just a, a breaking character. Shit, we saw Andre Johnson, who never celebrated touchdowns, get into it with Cortland Finnegan. So it's like, it happens to dudes. You just lose your composure, man. You've seen it with UFC guys. Like, Jose Aldo lost his composure anytime he would have his beef with Conor McGregor. You see it with, like, LeBron James and Draymond Green would lose their composure. Like, it just happens, right? It's And it's easy for you to say... I wouldn't have reacted that way because I also think that we say things when we're not in that situation. So I don't know. I don't know what was said to Miles Garrett. Did he call him the one thing that you shouldn't call another player? You guys know what I'm talking about. Who knows? We don't know. But man, that shit was brutal. Like I never seen some shit like that from playing high school football, from playing college football. They always told us like, God forbid a fight breaks out. Like, yo, just buckle up your chin strap and keep that shit on. Like, dude, Aaron Donald could punch me in the face if I have my helmet on. Like, yeah, it's going to rattle me, but he's not going to break my nose. He's not going to like give me a black eye. He's not going to, you know, separate my jaw. It's just I might get a concussion because that's a big-ass dude. But the point remains, it's like, yo, you can protect yourself. Like, especially if you have, like, a visor on, like, just don't take your helmet off. Um. I do think Mason Rudolph should have gotten suspended, though, as well. I like how Pouncey stood up for his quarterback. But it was very weird also because, like, Mason Rudolph hasn't been there much. Like, I could understand the comparison I was making, and, and I'll leave you guys with this, was if this was Von Miller and Phillip Rivers going at it, it would make sense to me. I'd be like, yo, these guys have, like, pent, like, pent up aggression towards each other for about a decade. They play each other twice a year. I believe they played each other in the playoffs. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, let me know at veterans minimum. But these guys play each other. And like Phillip Rivers is a shit talker. He's he's like the 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 best shit talker, many people say at the quarterback position. Because it's like a quarterback doesn't really talk shit like that. And then like Von Miller's like one of the premier edge rushers of our generation of the of the two thousand tens. And I can understand it from that perspective. So it was kind of random with Miles Garrett. It was kind of random with mason rudolph so those were my five major talking points i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i appreciate to everyone that continues to listen to the show shout out to everyone that replied to that tweet on twitter giving me an idea of what how you guys feel about the show also for those of you that are in the 20 dollars patreon tier or higher i believe that is the franchise tag send me your questions i've gotten a couple questions i'm going to answer them on social media like a cameo setup kind of thing and uh yeah i do want to get to learn more about the patrons who support the show so reach out to me let me know show me that you're a patreon member and uh we'll shoot the shit as far as i go it's at the lamb show on all social media outlets once again thanks again to my guy the wrestling classic justin check him out it's the wrestling classic on social media and it's at veterans minimum on all social media outlets youtube facebook instagram twitter you guys know the vibes we'll catch you guys on thursday